It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, December 23rd, 2020. Your boy Q here with you as we get prepared to turn the corner to the Miami Dolphins. Two games left on the Raiders schedule, the Dolphins, and then on the road with the Broncos. So this will be the final game coming up this uh, week at Allegiant Stadium in 2020. Uh, so we'll be turning the page to the Dolphins uh, sooner rather than later. A little bit today, but more on tomorrow's show as we close out the week really strong. Short week, of course, because of the holiday on Friday. But uh, yeah, starting to look towards the Miami Dolphins. Before we get into today's show, I want to tell you about the title sponsor, which is Pepsi. This football season will be different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, uh, I've watched the game many different ways. I had a Josh Jacobs jersey on the couch one day. Had a Derek Carr jersey on the couch one day. I had your boy Q uh, you know, jersey on the couch one day. I've done a little bit of it all. Nothing's really worked to its consistency as it usually does. But what is consistent is Pepsi. It's a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of football watchers. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It is made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. And make sure you go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Coming up on today's show, segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. I've told you many times before, and I, and I try to stress it as much as possible. I try to get as many calls on as possible. I have people hitting me up all the time like, Q, are you mad at me? How come you haven't put my call on? No, it's never personal. It's never, ever ever personal. I just sometimes don't get the call on. I have a limited amount of time. I have a limited amount of calls and texts I can get on. And if yours doesn't make the cut for one reason or the other, it's nothing personal. It's just because it didn't make the call. I mean, didn't make the show. And that's it. That's it. So just please don't take it personal if you don't hear your, your call right away or you don't hear it. I mean, it's just it's one of those things. I try to do the very best I can. That'll come up in segment number three. I hate that I even have to put that disclaimer out there, but I get it. So that's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, I uh, got a text actually from my guy Yazer, uh, and he was talking about Gruden and mediocrity and how he's you know feeling some kind of way about it, and he thought maybe it's just me, and so he wanted to get my opinion on it. Thought it was a really good one. Uh, send it to me direct, and I was like, you know what? This is a good topic to talk about, so we'll talk about that. I'll let you hear uh, the, the message that he sent me, and then I'll break down what I have to say about it. I thought it was a really, really good text from my guy Yazer, though, so you'll hear that coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day, as I always do, so let's go ahead and jump into it because, again, just like on Tuesday, there's a lot of news and notes to get to. So the good news is today's not one of those days where I'm talking about another Raider player going on to the COVID-19 reserve list. Instead, actually, today's the day that I'm talking about a player coming off the list. Now, it's not going to be a player that's going to help the Raiders on the field, but either way, it's a guy coming off the COVID list, which is going to be good. So let me let me go ahead and jump into it. Uh, the Raiders actually designated defensive tackle Malik Collins for return. You know, he was on IR, so it looks like he's a guy who could possibly get some burn as early as Saturday. You'll hear from John Gruden a little bit later on that. Uh, linebacker Tanner Muse, though, he was moved to the reserve 
reserve injured list from the COVID-19 list. So he's no longer on the COVID list, but he's still on the reserve injured list. He's not playing at all this season, but at least he's healthier. Now he's not on the COVID list. And you know what? As soon as I say that the Raiders didn't put anybody on the COVID-19 list, I, I failed to realize they actually did. They put David Irving, defensive end David Irving, on the practice squad COVID-19 list. So he's not on the actual roster COVID-19 list, but he is on the practice squad COVID-19 list. Just another scenario for David Irving, and that's kind of been the story of his career. Uh, you know, I thought he had a little bit of a, a, a chance to do something with the Raiders, make a little bit of a noise, uh, but he really hasn't done hardly anything. And uh, just kind of going back to, uh, you know, the story of, of David Irving's career, it's just it's always what could have been, could have been, could have been, should have been, and wasn't. So uh, Malik Collins designated for return. He could play on Saturday. Tanner Muse moved to the reserve injured list, and the Raiders put defensive end David Irving on the practice squad COVID-19 list. Now, as far as the practice squad goes, the guys they protected this week, you could protect four each and every week, and the Raiders do. Uh, they protected kicker Dominic Eberly. That's going to be significant. I'll tell you why a little bit later on in this segment. Linebacker Javon White, defensive back Rashawn Golden, and tackle Jared Jones-Smith. Those four guys are on the practice squad protection list. That means another team cannot come and poach them away from the Raiders. And the reason why I said Dominic Eberly was important, because if you go into the injury uh, report, and it did come out on Tuesday, and you look at the guys who were active and weren't active, and the guys who were banged up and weren't banged up, uh, Jonathan Abram, who's still dealing with a concussion and knee injury, he was limited on Tuesday. Damon Arnett, same thing. Concussion, neck injury, limited. Daniel Carlson, He's dealing with a left ankle injury. That's the kicker. He was full. He fully participated in practice on Tuesday, but he has a left ankle injury. Now, I do believe that he's going to play on Saturday. I don't think that that means that there's a chance he doesn't play, but it's something to pay attention to and monitor because Daniel Carlson has been pretty good as far as a kicker goes for the Raiders all year. Of course, everyone wants to know about Derek Carr dealing with that groin injury. He was limited on Tuesday. Gut feeling is he probably won't play on Saturday, but that's just my gut feeling. It doesn't mean that he won't. Cleve Farrell, dealing with the shoulder injury, did not participate. Jonathan Hankins, not injury-related, didn't participate. That's just a, a, a veteran day off, no big deal. Rodney Hudson, knee and back injury, he was limited. That's kind of the you know par for the course. Rodney Hudson always misses a day, maybe even two, and then he's out there. Uh, I feel really good about Rod what Rodney Hudson brings to the table. Maurice Hurst, calf injury, limited. Alec Engle, knee, full. Gabe Jackson, knee, limited. Josh Jacobs, knee, full. That's really good just to see that he's a full participant in practice. Sounds like he's getting better and healthier towards the end of the season. Linebacker Raquan McMillan, elbow injury, he practiced in full. Nicholas Morrow, he's been a concussion guy. He had a concussion and neck injury. He was limited. Carl Nassib, defensive end, not injury-related, didn't participate. So uh, who knows what's, what's going on with that, but that's just uh, probably a veteran day off, but we'll see. Uh, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, he's dealing with a concussion. He was limited on Tuesday. Any way you look at it, all the concussion guys, have to uh, they have to pass the protocol before they can get out there. So no matter what they do on a limited basis, if they don't pass the concussion protocol, they will not play. Uh, running back Jalen Richard got a chest injury. He was full on Tuesday. And tackle Sam Young, who backs up Trent Brown dealing with a knee injury, he was limited. So there's your injury report from Tuesday. Uh, we'll get another update today. And we'll get another one on Thursday. And then obviously, uh, right before your game, you'll get the inactives and the actives. And so you'll be good to go. But that's kind of an early glimpse at what the Raiders are dealing with as far as injuries go. Also in this segment, I want to let you hear a little bit from John Gruden's press conference that he had, his media session that he had on Tuesday. Didn't have one on Monday, but he did have one on Tuesday. 
So uh, that was good because I was confused at first on why he didn't have one on Monday, but he did turn around and have one on Tuesday. Uh, and matter of fact, Derek Carr met with the media on Tuesday too, which was kind of surprising to me because he is banged up, but uh, he's going to try his best to get out there and play on Saturday. Again, my gut feeling tells me he doesn't play, but that's just my gut feeling. That's nothing. That's nothing on the inside. That's nothing I've heard. That's just what I'm rolling with. I just don't know if he's going to be out there and be ready to go 100%. And if he's not 100%, I don't want the Raiders to go out there and risk him and uh, maybe set him up to get injured even more. But here's John Gruden with the health update on Derek Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr, is uh, he, he practiced a little bit in a limited fashion. Both he and Marcus uh, took turns at quarterback. We'll see how it goes this week. Um, John Abram, Damon Arnett, Malik Collins returned in a limited fashion, which is good. Uh, unfortunately, we put Eric Harris, uh, Worley, and Isaiah Johnson, they're on a COVID list right now. So uh, we've had, uh, obviously, a lot of people coming and going in our secondary. But um, that's the best I can do right now. So really all he said that we didn't know was that Carr had practiced in a limited capacity, split reps with Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think that Mariota's going to get the nod on Saturday. We'll see. Malik Collins, like you mentioned, practiced in a limited capacity, which is a good thing. So John Gruden was also asked, what does he need to see or what will determine if Derek Carr could play on Saturday? Well, we, we watched him work out the last couple days, and he's chomping at the bit to play. You, you summarized him pretty good. He's one of the premier competitors in the league, and it's important to him. And like I said, we're emphasizing the word finish. He wants to finish the job, no doubt. But we're going to be smart. You know, we got training, a training staff here. We, we listen to our players, and uh, we'll do what's right. We'll do what we think is right for Derek and for our team. And I do admire his... Um, his toughness and his will to compete. Yeah, you got to respect the toughness of Derek Carr. And you know that, you know, he, he's shown that in the past. Even when he broke his leg, uh, he had made the statement that, hey, if the Raiders make it to the Super Bowl, I'll be ready to go. Now, obviously, they didn't. They got bounced in the first round by Houston. Uh, he only missed one one game when he broke his back. Or not broke his back. That sounds uh, really bad. But when he broke a couple bones in the bottom of his back, the small of his back, those uh, transfer process bones. And uh, that's bad enough. But, uh, yeah, he only missed one game with that. You know, he's battled back when he messed up his finger. And, I mean, he's, he's, he's shown toughness he absolutely has uh, again I just think that that groin injury man that's just something that you don't want to mess around with if there's a chance that he can hurt himself more then you got to err on the side of caution in my opinion so that that's just me uh, also John Gruden was asked about Marcus Mariota obviously there's a lot of conversation about Carr and Mariota but uh, he was asked you know if he does play how do you think he'll do when a team actually has a week to prepare for him instead of just all of a sudden him getting thrown into the game like he did on uh, on Thursday night against the Chargers well, it's obvious I mean that's tough that's tough on Marcus it's tough on our team, tough on our offensive line, tough on our skill guys. We, you know, you've seen us play. We switched gears. We, we went to a completely different world offensively in a lot of places. But um, Mariota still proves he's a dual threat. He's obviously very sharp, can handle a lot of situations. And if need be, he'll be ready again. So there's John Gruden talking about Marcus Mariota. Clearly, he has confidence in him that he'll be ready to rock and roll if he has to play on Saturday. We'll see what happens, you know. And so the team that's coming up on Saturday is the Dolphins. They're playing red-hot football right now, particularly on defense. So John Gruden was asked what he's seeing from the Dolphins, in particular that strong defense that they have. Well, the acquisition of Jones from Dallas was huge. And uh, Howard is a great corner and healthy again. And um, I think Rowe... 21 is a very good coverage safety. He can cover a lot of tight ends, and they have coverage people that can really handle a lot of responsibility. And that's they stayed healthy, and they're for real. And um, they're big up front, very big, and experienced. You know, getting 
couple world champions uh, from your hometown, from your home team, where you come from is certainly important. Uh, but they're aggressive. They do a great job of blitzing. Um, and I, 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 I've always admired Chan Gailey. He's a good friend. He's, he's very creative. And um, while a lot of their skill guys were hurt last week, they proved that they, they can find any way possible to move the football. They did it on the ground, and they did it in convincing fashion. So it's a well-coached team. He's a, obviously a great young coach. Yes, John Gruden right there giving a compliment to Brian Flores, the young coach there in, in Miami, second year uh, as the head coach, and got him in the playoffs, already got him in the playoff hunt, uh, got him right there in good position to make a playoff run. And uh, that defense, man, is cooking with grease, no doubt about it. And Byron Jones, that was a guy that the Raiders went after, didn't want to spend all the money that the Dolphins did. You know, if you, when you look back at it, hindsight is twenty twenty always, but now that you look back at it, kind of wish that, man, maybe if they had spent that money on, uh, on Byron Jones, that would have been a, a pick, a great pickup. You know, combine him with Trayvon Mullen, and then obviously when David Arnett was ready, uh, you could put him out there as well. Uh, yeah, it just kind of makes you think back, like, yeah, kind of, kind of wish they had spent that money on a Byron Jones, but he's playing really well. And of course, Xavier Howard, who leads the league in interceptions, playing really well uh, also. Uh, John Gruden was asked about Tua Tagovailoa and how challenging it is for rookie quarterbacks with no offseason. So here's Gruden on Tua. Well, he's a top five pick in the league. He's a very talented. Calm, cool, accurate, quick arm passer. He's tough, man. He's tough. He's got surprising mobility. I don't think people realize he can keep the ball on his own read and do some damage. But uh, quarterbacks, running backs, linemen, everybody, coaches, fans, we all struggle with no offseason. You know, you, you can't get the preparation back. Uh, but it's a credit to uh, everybody for staying together and, and continuing to, to fight. And we emphasize the word finish. Finish the season with as much authority as you can. So Gruden's talking about everybody. He's not just saying rookie quarterbacks. He's talking about coaches, running backs, wide receivers, everybody. It's tough. You know, this whole offseason not having it has been tough. And some coaches and some teams have done a little bit better than others. I get it. You know, but I, I guarantee that it has been definitely challenge, challenging because uh, teams are really built in that offseason, you know, leading up to, to the season during training camp. And my final soundbite that I want you to hear from John Gruden's media session on Tuesday uh, happened to be about the last two games of the season, the Dolphins this Saturday and then the Broncos the following week. You know, how much of these last two games is about player evaluation, in particular the young guys? Well, it's always about, you know, evaluating the guys that play. Uh, we would love to see Arnett play, and we'd love to see Abram play. Uh, we'd love to see Farrell play. These are young players that need to play. And unfortunately, uh, the virus, the injuries has gotten in our way. So we want to see all these young guys play. I'm hoping we get Tack McKinley up. I'm anxious to see this guy play also. So we got a lot of moving pieces. We'll see who's healthy, who's not. And uh, in the next 48 hours, we'll have a much better picture. So there's John Gruden talking about player evaluation, the young guys, kind of sending a message there, in my opinion, like, hey, some of these guys should be playing. Some of these guys are banged up. It's a difference, again, and I've said it multiple times, between being injured and just being hurt. If you're injured, you can't play. If you're hurt, you're okay. You could probably go. Uh, you know, it's a fine line, obviously. You don't want to set these guys up for failure, but I, I do believe that he was trying to send a little bit of a message that he, uh, included, uh, wants to see some of these young guys out there and playing. Now, if you want to go and uh, hear the rest of his uh, media session, 
session and also Derek Carr's you can Raider.com Raiders.com excuse me uh, also it's on their Periscope it's on YouTube uh, apparently Periscope's going away pretty soon as well so uh, it won't be on Periscope long it'll be on YouTube and on their uh, website Raiders.com uh, go ahead and check it out there coming up in segment number two gonna read a, a, a good text I got from my guy Yazer on John Gruden on uh, mediocrity and uh, you know I'll give my thoughts on the text and uh, hopefully get some response from you as well uh, later on this week before I get into that though I want to tell you about a couple of great sponsors here on the Locked On Raiders podcast and the first one is Built Bar I've been telling you about Built Bar for a very long time so it's nothing new I can tell you uh, all I can do is remind you that there's 18 flavors now there used to be 12 now there's 18 they got some brand new ones caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake apple almond crisp if you go to the website right now builtbar.com they even have some for the holidays they got all kinds of holiday features as far as built bar goes so definitely go check that out but they also have 12 original flavors coconut almond german chocolate mint brownie orange toffee almond just to name a few uh if you're new to the game they're covered in 100 chocolate they're soft they're easy to chew i like to put them in the fridge but you don't have to that's a, it's, it's up to every other person, the individual, what they like the best. Again, I like to put mine in the fridge. Uh, they're great for the health-conscious man or woman. Uh, they'll help you lose or maintain weight while you're enjoying a great treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. So make sure you go check them out. Matter of fact, go check out the website, man. While I'm talking about it, go check it out. BuiltBar.com. While you're there, when you decide what you like, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. That's LOCKEDON, 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. That is the title sponsor of my other podcast I do, Locked on Bets. I do that with Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports, and uh, we do that on the daily as well. And betonline.ag is is just great, especially with college football uh, bowl season going on. The playoffs are right around the corner in the NFL. There's one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, which is betonline.ag. Right now, you can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. 50% welcome bonus. That's right, 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So again, NFL games of the week. They can have some really good games that mean a lot as far as the playoffs go. College football, of course, the bowl games. Uh, I was checking out the uh, the Idaho Potato Bowl uh, game earlier on, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Nevada got that victory. There's a lot. The NBA is all of a sudden back. You know, the first night of the NBA uh, happened on uh, Tuesday night. Golden State took the L to, to the Brooklyn Nets, but there's all kind of good stuff going on right now. You don't want to be on the sidelines anymore. You want to get into the action. Well, how you do that, betonline.ag, promo code locked on. You're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And if you're on social media, make sure you check them out at betonline underscore ag and take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Use the promo code locked on for your sign up bonus. Again, betonline.ag. Segment number two is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Wednesday, uh, December 23rd, 2020. Your boy Q here. And got a text earlier on Tuesday from my guy Yazer. Uh, and he was talking about John Gruden. He was talking about mediocrity. And I think he was really just trying to vent and get a little something-something off his chest. But I thought it was really a good text, and I think it was very valid on what he was trying to say. And so I've seen a lot of people kind of uh, trying to poo-poo on people that have an opinion like Yazers did. And so I wanted to go ahead and share this text 
And this wasn't really even meant for the podcast. It was just something that he was sharing with me. But that's just how I roll sometimes. I'll get something and decide, you know what, let's go ahead and talk about it. So this is the text that Yazer sent me earlier on Tuesday. And I just want to kind of uh, talk about it a little bit because I think it was a really, really good one. He said, Q, am I being unrealistic about holding Gruden accountable for the product on the field? Do I hate him so much? I feel like people worship Gruden so much. Remember when you talked about your coworker who never held himself accountable and was okay with being mediocre? I feel like some fans are the same. I like when you talk about that because that's how I live my life every day and hold myself to higher standards than anyone else. Not sure if it's a Bay Area thing or it's a mentality thing, but mediocre is not okay. You take responsibility for a bad show when your coworker doesn't carry his weight. I did the same thing at work when my coworker, who was always late to work, late to meeting deadlines, and makes excuses every time. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting hella worked up. LOL. Hope all is well, brother. Again, that's from my guy, Yazer. And I really, really like that text. I really appreciated that text because that's who, who I am, you know, and, and I mean, that's to a T. I hold myself to a whole higher standard, and I expect anyone who's riding with me and rocking with me to hold themselves to that same standard as well. So I totally understand what he's coming from, and I've said that on the show multiple times when I'm calling out my co-hosts for not doing their job or not showing up on time or whatever the case may be. I'll call it out. I'll call it how I see it, and I've told them that to their face too. Like, hey, man, you got to carry your weight or, or you're just dragging me down. So when you talk about John Gruden and being accountable for the product that's on the field, absolutely. It is not unrealistic about you holding him accountable. He has to be held accountable. And I know he always goes through it and says, hey, and that's on me. I got to do a better job of coaching. But actually, he does. You know, and, and I like John Gruden. I like John Gruden a lot. Let's make no bones about it. I was very happy that he returned to the team. Uh, you know, obviously wasn't thrilled that he tore it down the way he did in 2018, but I got it. I, I figured it out. I understood it, and I see the vision that he has at least. Now, unfortunately, in 2020, it hasn't shook out the way that People, including myself, wanted it to shake out. I thought that this team in year three should be a playoff team. And I do think that that's, that's something that Raider Nation should, should say, hey, look, this is what you should do in year three. You should be a playoff team. And I know things happen. I know COVID-19 has been a bear and everyone can't deal with it. And some teams are hit a little harder than others. I know the injuries happen. It's the game of football. They happen each and every day, each and every game, each and every practice. Injuries happen. I totally get it. But you look across the landscape of the league and other teams are figuring it out. So when you look at this team that was 6-3, and three, just like it was last year, and then all of a sudden they got a lot of injuries, they got banged up, they didn't win but one more game the rest of the way, and you say, okay, well, that was last year. And I've been on Raider Nation Radio, I've been on the podcast, I've been on different radio shows saying that this team is different than last year's team. Well, right now, this team was 6-3, and three, just like they were in 2019, and right now they're 7-7. Seven and seven. And who knows, if they drop the next couple games, then they're 7-9, and nine, just like they were a year ago. And then all of a sudden, you're looking at it, well, what happened? Yes, guys are banged up. Guys are out because of COVID. There's a lot of things that happen. But that game Thursday night against the Chargers should have been a W. No, no doubt about it. Should have been a W. And it, it just wasn't, you know, and for one reason or the other. And I know Derek Carr went out, but Marcus Mariota did enough to help the Raiders win that game. They should be up to eight wins right now. You know, at the end of the day, man, they really need to win these next two games, at least to end the season nine and seven. And I'm not saying that that's okay, but I do see, to Yazer's point, I see Raider fans on Twitter all the time saying, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know, there's all these different issues and all these things that they've had to deal with. And, oh my gosh, look how young this team is. And, and oh, they haven't had an offseason. There's always a built-in excuse. 
And I'm not calling for John Gruden's job at all. I, I think he's a good coach. I'm not calling for anybody's job. Hell, I wasn't calling for Paul Gunther's job. But at some point, I think you should be able to see the sense of urgency from the team. And that has been my biggest problem. You know, the, the Raiders pumped up and juiced up and fired up and went after Kansas City that night in, in Las Vegas. And they played their tails off. And they came up a little bit short. And everyone, including national media, said, hey, this is not a team that you want to deal with. Kansas City don't want to see the Raiders again. And then it all went downhill from there. It was like that was their big game. And it's like they, you know, they shot their whole wide at that game. And you, you can't do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can get fired up for the Chiefs, but damn it, get fired up for the Jets. Get fired up for the Falcons. Get fired up for the Chargers. Get fired up for every team that you play. So going back to that game against the Chiefs, they lost 35-31, followed up the next week against the Falcons, blowing out 43-6. Get the dub against the Jets, then the Colts, blow them out 44-27. And then the Chargers squeak by on Thursday night football 30-27. Now they got the red-hot Dolphins. And I wanted to stop at the Dolphins because, and I've mentioned it a couple times, and going back to segment number one, Brian Flores is in his second year. The Dolphins were a dumpster fire last year. They were trading players off. They were in the middle of doing the same thing that the Raiders did in 2018 when John Gruden returned. When he traded off Khalil Mack, he traded off Amari Cooper. Well, that's what the Dolphins did, too. They traded their left tackle, their franchise left tackle in Laramie Tunsil. They traded him. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick, a first-round safety. They traded him off. They got rid of anybody who wasn't playing the way that Brian Flores wanted them to. They remember tanking for Tua. And you know what they did? They turned around and won five games when they were tanking. What everyone said they were tanking. Obviously, they weren't. Brian Flores was seeing who he was going to go to battle with and who he wasn't. Who was going to get on and who was going to get on because they kicked him out the building. They had a lot of money in the, in, in the offseason, and they had a lot of uh, draft picks. What was it, 14 draft picks they had going into 2020 season, and they had about $100 million in cap space. So they had plenty of money, and they had plenty of draft picks. But at some point, the Raiders were there, too, with plenty of draft picks, multiple first-round picks, a lot of cap space, and they did everything they could. They went and brought in guys. They went and got guys in free agency. They went and traded for Antonio Brown. I mean, they made a lot of moves since John Gruden's been back in 2018, and yet here we are on December 23rd, and we're talking about a team that might go 7-9 and nine again when the Dolphins are at 9-5. and five. And I know you can't just – they're not apples to apples. I get it, but it's close enough. Teams are making it. Teams are finding ways to get over the hump regardless. Look at Kevin Stefanski in, in, in Cleveland. He's a first-year head coach. The Browns have 10 wins. 10 so, Yazer, to answer your question, if you want to be critical about John Gruden and holding him accountable for the product that's on the field and why they're only at seven wins, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I'm not going to tell you not to be. I, I like him. I think he's going to get the Raiders where they need to go. I think he's a good head coach. I think he's a true Raider head coach. I don't think everyone's built to be a Raider head coach. I've said that multiple times. It just takes a different dude. I think he is that guy. I mean, look, it's it's not where anyone expected them to be this year. I know it's not where they expected them to be. Hell, I talked about Henry Ruggs and, and the expectations on him as rookie year, and people get mad at me for that. They didn't draft him number one in the in the first round, number 12 overall, to have 23 catches. They didn't. They expected more out of him. It just hasn't materialized for one reason or the other. Not saying Henry Ruggs is a bust. Hear me now. I'm not saying Henry Ruggs is a bust because I swear there'll be someone that's going to tweet me tomorrow and be like, Q, here we go again. Here we go. Telling you, you don't know what he's doing for the offense. I do know what he's doing for the offense. I know speed kills. I know he, I, I get it. I know he's opening up the offense. But I also know that 23 catches is not a lot for a first-round pick, number 12 overall, that has played the majority of the games this year. I do know that. And I know that Carr needs to work better at getting the ball to Henry Ruggs. I know Gruden needs to work harder on getting the ball to Henry Ruggs. I know Henry Ruggs needs to work harder on getting the ball to Henry Ruggs. I, it's not one person's fault. It's, a, it's really a combination of everybody. So I think that there's a lot of uh, people that you can hold accountable for this season. Obviously, the defense has been a struggle, but 
John Gruden is the CEO of the whole team. So if he saw at some point, hey, this defense isn't getting it done, even though I thought he was going to wait till the offseason to fire Paul Gunther, maybe he should have made that move a long time ago. Maybe he should have done it after last year and said, you know what? I don't think this is going to get done. Now, I wasn't opposed to him coming back. I, I wasn't. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to try to blow smoke up your backside and say, see, I told you so. I'm not that guy. I thought that he didn't have enough weapons on the defensive side of the ball, and they needed to go ahead and do that like they did with Tom Cable because Tom Cable's offensive line, if you remember, was terrible. And everyone was saying, you got to fire Tom Cable. Then they went out and got Trent Brown. They went out and got Richie Incognito. They shored that up. You know what I mean? Colton Miller got better, got tougher, got stronger. And all of a sudden, that offensive line became really, really strong, really, really stout. So Tom Cable all of a sudden looks like a genius, right? Well, I thought that was going to happen with Paul Gunther this year. Now that he's got some, some players, now that they went out and made a move for Corey Littleton. They got Nick Wachowski. You know, they went and drafted Damon Arnett. They went and drafted Amik Robertson. Uh, you know, they, they went and got other dudes. You know, they got Tanner Muse, even though he's never hit the field. Uh, I thought, okay, that's a lot of attention on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to improve in a major way. They went out and got Malik Collins in free agency. They went and got Rob Marinelli on the defensive line you know to, to improve the defensive line play well none of that's materialized and that's on John Gruden's watch that's all on John Gruden at the end of the day you're only as good as your leadership you know what I mean like hey I can work my tail off at my job and I do but if if my if my program director ain't worth a damn and he's not getting it done guess what ultimately the radio station is not going to be worth a damn you know what I mean I can do everything I want but you're only as good as your leadership so yeah you can be critical of John Gruden that's okay I think that's fine I think sometimes Raider fans just need to vent. So uh, I just thought that that was a really good text, and I, I see people criticizing people when they when they say just what I said. And I'm sure I'll get a call on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693 explaining why I'm wrong. Someone's going to scream and yell at me on why I'm wrong, and that's okay. That's what I'm here for. Go ahead and get your vent on. You know what I mean? Like, get it off your chest. It is okay. But, Yazer, hopefully uh, that answers your question. Hopefully uh, that makes a lot of sense. I do appreciate that text. I thought it was great stuff and uh, provided for a really good segment. So uh, thank you so much for that. Speaking of the Locked On Raider podcast, speaking of the Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line, uh, that's coming up next. Your calls and your text, 707-654-4693. This is the Locked On Raiders podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. As you can tell by looking at the time, I'm already running kind of late, but I'm going to try to muscle through as many of these as possible, quick, fast, and in a hurry, because, well, you know, I got a lot of them and I want to try to get to some. So let me go ahead and start off with this one. DJ from the 909, he's been trying to call in for a while. Uh, he actually called this one last week, hit me up on Twitter, is asking, where's my call at? Where's my call? So let me go ahead and start off with DJ, man. Uh, I wasn't trying to dodge you, my man, but but here, here's his call, uh, his thoughts on this team as a playoff team, or if you thought this team was a playoff team following the Falcons game, he wants to get everyone's opinion, mine and Raider Nation. So here's DJ from the 909. Raider Nation, hey Q, DJ from the 909. Maybe I'll get on the podcast this time. Um, again, Raiders lose, has nothing to do with Cargan injured, you know, 
play calling was questionable in the red zone right there in overtime by John Gruden. I just don't understand why you don't at least do one fade route to at least one receiver. When you're down there pretty much with six yards to go, I don't understand why there's not one fade route. Just one fade route. Instead, we opt for a fullback or, you know, we call play to Alec Ingold, which I think just makes no sense in the red zone like that. But, you know, I'm going to go back to this and I'm going to say it again, like I said on all the other calls that I've been hoping to get on the podcast so I can see what Raider Nation thinks. After the Atlanta game and then after the Jets game, everything was on the table. We saw what the Raiders were doing. I'm not trying to bring up what happened. I'm not trying to bring up the Atlanta game. Not, I'm just saying. Everyone was saying, oh, don't relax. It's not a must-win game. There's a lot of must-win games down the line, and you see what happens. The Raiders are folding at the end of it. Like, the Atlanta game, I just don't understand. They had a collapse, and then after that, it was a pitfall. It didn't, none of the wins looked good. None of them. Whether if they're ugly or bad, it just you, – when you, you know a playoff team when you see it at the end of the day. And the Raiders were not a playoff team. They looked like a playoff team in the first half of the season. Second half, I don't know what happened. I think we're all still kind of confused. I don't know if it's co- coaching adjustments. I don't know if it's just purely the players. I don't know what it is. I just don't know. But Raider Nation, like I said, I'm hoping this call gets on the podcast. Raider Nation, I want you guys to call in and tell me and tell Q as well, do you think what we saw against Atlanta and pretty much every game after that was a telltale sign that this team was not it? That's all I want to know. Um, Q, Raider Nation, hope you all have a good one. On to next season. Maybe there will be some changes. Maybe we'll have some more hope. But for now, we're throwing that playoff back into the P category until they're actually in it and they secure a spot 100%. DJ from the 909, out. DJ, thank you for the call, my man. Like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, if I miss your call, it's nothing personal. Please don't don't think it is. Um, you know, and the Raiders haven't played like a playoff team since they lost to Kansas City, and that was a loss. That wasn't a win. They played really, really good. Made it made you feel like they had hope that hey, this team was was really putting it all together, and they were going to be a force to be reckoned with. They just came out on the short end of that game. But you know, ever since then, they've won one game. And now they're sitting at seven and seven. So no, they haven't played like a playoff team. Even though they won that game against the Jets, that's not you know that wasn't playoff football. You're just glad that they stayed in the race with that game. Uh, and I guess technically they're still in the race right now, uh, but it's very very slim pickings. I mean, it's like a two percent chance at most that they have. And you know, if the Ravens win against the Giants this weekend, it's absolutely over. Doesn't matter what the Raiders do. So the Ravens have to lose uh, for the Raiders to have any any shot. But I think that all of Raider Nation will let you know that they're not a playoff team. It's not they're not playing playoff football. Uh, they don't that that defense can't get you anywhere in the playoffs. It's just it's just bad. So uh, and, and look, I'm not trying to be you know super negative. I'm just being honest about the situation, man. Down the stretch, they just have not been the team that you're expecting them to be. So I uh, would love to hear people's thoughts on, on what you had to say. 707-654-4693. But I think it's pretty safe to say that um, you know that this is not a playoff team. And and yeah, I mean you know you're gonna have to hope they finish strong this season and then see what they do uh, in the off season and then going into to next year. So thank you for that call. Uh, next up is a text from Jason from Idaho. It says, hey, Q, it's Jason from Idaho. Just wanted your opinion on every single year 
low-lying fruit that has already started once again. Car getting traded. Every year, that's all we hear. I'm with you, and I don't want to get in the car debate. However, I don't believe car is a problem for our record and do believe if we trade him, we'll see him win a Super Bowl with another team. So your opinion, not comparing him to Mariota, who I've always liked, but I, and I'm a Ducks fan as well. If we trade Carr, do you see us regretting it minus a huge, huge trade deal? Thanks for your opinion and putting me on. Merry Christmas and always go Raiders. That's from Jason in Idaho. And I, I don't think Carr gets traded at all. Uh, I, I don't, I'm like you. I don't think he's been the problem. I do like what Marcus Mariota's legs bring to the table. No doubt about it. I, I made no mistakes about it and no bones about that following the game on Thursday. Uh, but I don't think Marcus Mariota's the answer either. Now, again, I, I've, I've said this before. I would like to see the Raiders draft a guy. This is the ideal situation for me. Draft a guy and let him sit behind Carr and groom him and let him be in the mold of a Marcus Mariota. That's what I think you get the most bang for your buck. You don't trade him. You let him ride with him. And look, if Carr all of a sudden gets on a, on a streak and is taking the Raiders to the playoffs each and every year or whatever, and that young dude sits on the bench, so be it. Maybe you trade the young dude at some point. But, you know, you have that ace in the hole. I think that's what they should do. I think that'd be ideal. But again, that's just me. So thank, thank you so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, next up is a call from Raider Critique. He's calling to get on my helmet about Henry Ruggs and what I had to say about him and his production on Tuesday's show, as I knew it was going to happen. Here he is, Raider Critique. All right, Q, this is the Raider Critique right here in uh, Central Texas, brother. And uh, I hope this one makes the show because, you know, hey, I agree with a lot of what you say. But when you're talking about Henry Ruggs, and, yeah, you already called it that somebody was going to call in and say, but look at everything that he does for the offense. When you're out here spitting your Josh DeBose stat, Henry Ruggs is still on his rookie deal. For a four-year deal, it is $16.67 million with the fifth-year option to pick him back up. To me, that doesn't sound like it's all that high-priced, considering everything that he does for the team. Now, offensively, we look maybe not fantastic, but we're definitely serviceable. Defense is definitely the problem. If we had a better defense, we would already be sitting here punching our ticket going to the playoffs. But because our defense is in such disarray, is the way I would put it, here we are sitting at pretty much no better than last year. We're, what, 7-7 seven and seven now with the possibility of uh, the, the best uh, record that we could have is 9-7. and seven which I have a very huge inclination in my mind that we're probably not going to do any better than 7-9 and nine after basically being raped by the referees on Thursday night. So anyway, Q, keep up the good work, but if you're going to spit off stats, man, and you're going to call people high-priced, maybe you should look at their contract details first. Peace. <laughs> Oh, man. Good call. Good call, Raider Critique. I appreciate you. I said high-priced. I was talking about the fact that he was a first-round draft pick, number 12 overall, and the first wide receiver off the board. So uh, as I talked about him all offseason long, I said he is like a Ferrari, and don't treat him like he's a minivan. Don't treat him like he's a Honda. Treat him like he's a Ferrari. So that's what I was referring to. So, you know, I didn't look at his exact contract. That's not what I was talking about, but I get it. You, you got me on a play of words. Cool. No doubt about it. Again, I'll go back to what I said, and I appreciate your criticism. It's cool. Constructive criticism is fine. He has 23 catches for just over 400 yards and two touchdowns on the season. That is not what the Raiders envisioned when they drafted him. 
Just saying. And I know he's been compared to Cliff Branch, and I know he didn't catch very many passes his rookie year, but Cliff Branch also was a fourth-round draft pick, not a first-round draft pick, so there's a big difference if we're just being critical. So I appreciate the, the call. Good stuff. But that was my point. He is like a high-priced Ferrari, and he's being used right now like a minivan. In my opinion, just my opinion. Thank you again for the call. Next up is a text from No Town Raider. Hey Q, I've been thinking, I keep hearing all these people talking about how John Gruden always gets so conservative. Do you think the reason that is because our defense is so horrible and they feel like they can't take any chances and trust our defense? Uh, That's from No Town Raider. And yeah, absolutely. Hunter Renfro told us that on uh, Silver and Black Today on on Raider Nation Radio 920 uh, a couple weeks ago that, you know, the the offense isn't really getting conservative, but they're trying to stay on the field as long as possible. So yeah, that's a lot of it. So that goes back to the, the defense struggling so bad, you know, and and no, you know, it's not ideal. The team has a lot of areas to improve on both sides of the ball. But the biggest part of the biggest issue is definitely the defense and the re- offense is is reacting and doing what it has to do to, you know, to protect the defense. And that's why it made it that much more frustrating on Thursday night when John Gruden didn't try to punch it in the end zone or didn't go, you know, get more creative on his play calling to get it in the end zone in overtime because you knew damn well the defense wasn't going to stop him, and they knew it. You know what I mean? That's why it was so frustrating. So, uh, yeah, you're definitely onto something with that, and, and John Gruden, they, they all know that. So uh, thank you for the, the text. I appreciate you. That's really all I got time for today. Uh, Ryan from Western New York, I got your uh, text tomorrow. Um, who else? Uh, Art from Orange County, I got your call as well. Uh, appreciate Raider Critique, Jason from Idaho, and No Town Raider, and DJ from the 909. Make sure I bring uh, involve him. Uh, appreciate you as well for chiming in on today's show. That's all I got for you. Tomorrow it will be Thursday. It'll be Crossover Thursday. Should have the host from uh, Locked On Dolphins on the show. Uh, supposed to close out the week really strong that way. I may and may not have a Friday show. I'm not sure yet. Got some things in the works that uh, you know I might decide to go ahead and drop on Christmas morning or I might wait till next week. Uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. But appreciate the feedback, Raider Nation. Uh, appreciate all the understanding. If your call don't get on or your text don't get on right away, uh, the reason why, uh, I'm trying to do the very best I can. So, like I said, I appreciate your understanding. Uh, make sure you take care of your family. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Do what you got to do. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.